Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Traveling Culturati, where we explore cultures and share travel news, travel tips, destinations, and travel chats. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Well, hey there, fellow Culturati. Javon Harley here, your host and travel pro for Traveling Culturati. Well, 2022 is a new year, and that brings new opportunities. So I want to thank you for coming back another week for travel news, travel tips, and some travel chats. Today, we're looking ahead to 2022 to see where it will take us. It certainly came in strong for very many reasons. (laughs) So as we take a look at the possibilities for the travel in this new year, we must assess the protocols, destinations to feed our wanderlust and how we will travel. We'll also look at some travel trends for 2022 have Javon's Travel Minute and a culture report. Now, talking about what's in the news, we've got some soul food in Paris. History maker Devon Reeves, a young black female hotelier and dare we say, maybe a mogul in the making. (laughs) The world's most powerful passports. Future in the making at the Dubai Expo 2020. Yeah, I know it's 2022, but you know what happened in 2020. And how will flying change in 2022? So let's go ahead and dive into some travel news. African-American soul food is gaining popularity in Paris. One of the newest food trends in Paris is soul food, and it's quickly on the rise. Southern dishes like chicken and waffles and other staples of black American households are on the menus of restaurants like Gumbo Yaya, Mama Jackson, Big Joe Soul Food Corner, and Juicy Pop Restaurant Soul Food and Comedy Jam. These are all restaurants that are in Paris. Black American cuisine in France further tells the stories of the ancestors through their descendants. The cuisine not only tells the stories of our history, It also fuses with present day and evolves into the future. These restaurants and their menus will certainly take us down south and through a journey of African-American cuisine and history with dishes like sweet potato croquettes, the fried chicken culture, and New Orleans style po'boys. American style soul food in France is on the rise. And it looks like a new tradition is going to be here to stay. Devon Reeves, who made history last year as one of the youngest black women to co-own a property in a major hotel chain, has just added to her growing portfolio with the purchase of two more hotels. With Nassau Investments, she is the co-owner of a Staybridge Suites in Fishers, Indiana, and a Hampton Inn and Suites in Scottsburg, Indiana. I had the pleasure of having Devon Reeves and one of her partners, Aquania Escarne, on Traveling Culturati a couple of years ago when they made their first purchase and investment. According to Black News, including the new additions, Reeves has become the owner of three hotels within the past year for a total new property value of $18 million. Now, she told Black News for many years, I never imagined that I could own a hotel and now I own three. 
It's an indescribable feeling knowing that I am living my ancestors' wildest dreams. The 34-year-old mother and real estate investor is an Atlanta native who has worked in the tourism industry for 15 years. She began as a hotel reception employee and worked her way up to mid-level managerial positions and now hotel owner. In addition to hotels, Reeves is the owner of her own hospitality firm, The Vaughn Group. Through her company, Reeves trains aspiring hospitality entrepreneurs on the ins and outs of hotel ownership and investment. Her own success and experience has inspired her to aid others who wish to accomplish similar goals, especially those from groups traditionally underrepresented in the industry, including people of color and women. This year, Devon Reeves is launching her future hotel owner training program in various cities across the United States, beginning with Houston, Atlanta, Tampa, New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago. Her book, How to Buy a Hotel, A Roadmap to Hotel Ownership, is also slated for a March release. Will you go, girl? <laughs> I love it. There's often the question about the power of a passport, and that basically means how many countries you can go to visa-free without having to obtain a visa in advance to go to a country. Now, we're not talking about the visas on arrival because that's part of the power that your country or your passport would allow you to get a visa on arrival or travel to a destination visa-free. Well, there's an updated list for the world's most powerful passports of 2022, the global citizenship and residence advisory firm Henley and Partners has released its quarterly report on the world's most desirable passports. One thing that has been revealed is that there's a widening gap between the global north and the global south when it comes to travel freedoms. And this is according to the first 2022 report by London-based global citizenship and residency advisory firm Henley & Partners. The firm's Henley Passport Index, based on exclusive data provided by the International Air Transport Association, also known as IATA, has been regularly monitoring the world's most travel-friendly passports since 2006. Now, it says that increasing travel barriers that have been introduced introduced over the course of the COVID pandemic have resulted in the widest global mobility gap in the index's 16-year history. The index does not take temporary restrictions into account, so leaving actual current travel access aside, holders of passports at the top of its ranking are Japan and Singapore are able, in theory, to travel visa-free to 192 destinations. That's 166 more destinations than Afghan nationals who sit at the bottom of the index of 199 passports and can access 26 countries without requiring a visa in advance. So who else tops the list? Well, Europe dominates. The EU countries dominate the top of the list as usual with France, Netherlands, and Sweden climbing one spot to join Austria and Denmark in fourth place. They have a score of 188. 
Ireland and Portland are in fifth place with a score of 187. The United States and the United Kingdom, which held the top spot together back in 2014, have regained a little ground. They've risen one ranking to number six alongside of four other nations with a history of isolationism or neutrality. Switzerland, Norway, Belgium, and New Zealand. And at number seven, there's Australia, Canada, the Czech Republic, Greece, and Malta. Eastern European countries make up the rest of the top 10. That's Hungary and Poland that have risen to eighth place. Lithuania and Slovakia have climbed to number nine, and Estonia, Latvia, and Slovenia are in 10th place. German passport Easy Pass at Frankfurt International Airport. German has the highest ranking European passport. Now, while temporary restrictions are not counted, the latest report does note that the appearance late last year of the Omicron variant shown a light on a growing divide in international mobility between wealthier countries and the poor ones, pointing towards the tough restrictions introduced against many African nations that UN Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez described as being akin to travel apartheid. Pandemic aside, overall travel freedom levels have hugely expanded over the past couple of decades. The Henley Passport Index found in 2006 that an individual could on average visit 57 countries without needing to acquire a visa in advance. Today, that number is 107, which is almost double that amount. However, those freedoms are primarily enjoyed by European, North America, and richer Asian nations. Passport holders from nations like Angola, Cameroon, and Laos are able to enter only 50 countries. The worst passports to hold? These are countries with visa-free access to fewer than 40 countries. North Korea with only 39 destinations, Nepal and Palestinian territories, Somalia, Yemen, Pakistan, Syria, Iraq, and Afghanistan. Well, as the Expo Dubai or Expo 2020 Dubai is still going on, we're following them and what they are highlighting each day. And the overall theme is technologies the future of technology. And the future is now at Expo 2020 Dubai. Pavilions are sharing technologies that will change the world. Visitors can explore revolutionary innovations from around the world on the tomorrow, today self-guided journey. This is from hydrogen propulsion to smart travel and adventures in space. Spotlighting historical figures from the Arab region whose innovations helped navigate the world, Alif, the mobility pavilion, features larger than life, photorealistic nine meter tall giants of mobility whose discoveries paved the way for today's technologies. Visitors can explore the concept of mobility, its power and far reaching influence and discover the roles of Arabs in advancing human exploration. The pavilion journey also looks to the skies, reaching for space and encouraging 
everyone to explore uncharted territories. For those that are looking to explore the smart mobility systems of the future, the Belgian Pavilion sees thinkers and entrepreneurs join forces to create collective vision for the year 2050 based on today's creative innovations. The Kinetic Korean Pavilion interacts both with its audience and its surroundings, demonstrating how the world is simulated by virtual reality to move and change. There are many more pavilions that are providing information for the theme of technology and tomorrow, the future of technology. So if you're joining us to Dubai in February and March, these are some wonderful things that you can look forward to because they will constantly have new and updated pavilions and some that will be there throughout and how will flying change in 2022 well quite a few things will happen and certainly COVID has impacted some the american airlines company announced it will discontinue service to several international destinations in 2022 because of the ongoing shortage of boeing 787 but it would be impossible to discuss any developments in the industry for 2022 without making reference to COVID and its variants. These restrictions and challenges to airlines certainly have wreaked havoc on the airline industry. 2022 is going to have some new and exciting things happening, but still there's a lot left to be seen and what's going to be happening in 2022 in the world of travel. And that's certainly what we're going to talk about in the next segment. So make sure you stay tuned because that's all I've got for travel news. And when I come back, we'll have Javon's Travel Minute, a look ahead to where to go and travel trends for 2022. This is Traveling Culturati. We explore culture and destinations. We share travel news and travel tips to keep you well informed and prepared for your next travel adventure. So go ahead and up your travel game with Traveling Culturati. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Welcome back to the Traveling Culturati. I'm your host and travel pro, Javon Harley. Make sure you stay up to date with our travel schedule and lineup at TravelingCulturati.com. And now, Javon's Travel Minute. Well, people are changing seats on the aircraft, and you may be wondering why. (laughs) Well, it's flu season, and certainly we are dealing with the Omicron variant of COVID-19. Now, I used to be a window seat person, and then I moved to an aisle seat, and it really just depends on the type of aircraft for me. But if you are flying soon, and if you always have a certain seat of preference, and most people typically will choose an aisle seat, you want to listen up because I'm making the case for the window seat. According to a 2018 study from Emory University, that followed more than 1,500 passengers on 10 transcontinental flights, the infectious zone in a plane is likely much smaller than you think it is. According to the study, most passengers on an airplane have just a 3% chance of becoming infected with the flu by a fellow passenger. However, that number greatly increases within the infectious zone, which is defined as sitting within three feet of a sick passenger. And if you're in that spot, 
your risk of illness jumps to 80%. Now, this is according to the study. Now, of course, the airlines have maintained with their filtration system and so forth. And that's why masks are very, very important. And if you followed us on Facebook Live this week, then you'll know that you want to ditch the cloth mask and make sure that you're wearing an N95. And if you want to take the test, put on a mask and try to blow out a candle or a flame. If you can make it move or you can blow it out, you're not that protected. An N95 mask will certainly give you up to 95% filtration. So here's the case going back to the window seat. According to the authors of the study, it's the safest spot because it's most isolated. And you can find, other than the ultra luxe first class mini cabins, that that's because there's only one passenger beside you and it gives a passenger much needed inches from the aisle where crew and other passengers frequently pass you by. According to that study findings, passengers in aisle seats had 64 contacts with other passengers during a flight, making it the greatest contact space. The middle seat came in with 58 contacts and the window seat had just 12 contacts. So you might be switching to the window seat. And here's a bonus. Not only do you get a view But if you turn on the air and blow it away from you, that's one thing they talked about in 2020, then you are keeping the air blowing away from you. This is Javon, and that was your Travel Minute. We're looking ahead to 2022 to see what it has in store for us, how we're going to feed our wanderlust. I know we still, so many of us, have those pent-up travel desires. So many of us who had moved our 2020 travel to 2021 found ourselves moving it again to 2022. Well, the first thing I want to do in looking at destinations or where to go in 2022, where's Traveling Culturati going? And these are some top destinations that are on that list and could be on anybody's list for travel in 2022. First up is Dubai. We actually have three trips going to Dubai, February 15th through the 22nd with the Michael Basden Travel Club. Our very own Dubai and Maldives, February 23rd through March 6th. And Dubai again with AfroZones, Dubai Sound Off, March 3rd through the 9th. Well, why is Dubai a top destination for 2022? Well, one of the main reasons for the first quarter is the Dubai Expo. As I talked about in the news segment, they have some wonderful displays and we've really been keeping up with them. Since it is the World Expo, each week they have different representation from all of the nations around the globe and giving each nation or many nations the opportunity to showcase their country with fabulous displays. But the overall theme is technologies, the future of technologies. And so it's a a spectacular presentation of the World Expo. And every day they have a wonderful nighttime. So if you go, you want to make sure that you have multiple day passes so that you can experience the Expo over several days and see as much as you possibly can because you won't be able to see it all in one day. Well, you could, but uh, I don't know how enjoyable that would be. And at night they have these 
phenomenal light displays. So I'm really looking forward to going. And so I have a plan. I'm going to check out different areas each time I go. That way I can spread it out. It's just a great destination overall. Modern marvels. There's so many wonderful things to see and do. The tallest building in the world. Fantastic shopping at the souks. The traditional shopping as well as the modern shopping at some of their super malls. There's dining in the sky. There is the desert safari. As I mentioned, the Dubai Expo is going on right now. But you also have the Burj Al Arab and some other wonderful opportunities. Q's nightclub. They have underwater dining at the aquarium in at the Atlantis. And of course, you have the Atlantis and Palm Island. Take a nice traditional Dow cruise. And they've managed COVID quite well. They have a very high rate of vaccination for their own citizens. And they're managing tourism as it's coming in, especially for the expo. I will warn you, though, If you are not vaccinated, you will have to get PCR tests for different events and activities that you'll want to do. And if you want to go over to Abu Dhabi, which I do recommend to see the Grand Mosque, you will have to get another PCR test to visit Abu Dhabi. And you must be vaccinated in order to enter the Grand Mosque. Next up on our list is Fiji with WHUR, the Fiji Island Cruise that was rescheduled from 2020 will now occur April 27 to May 5, a chartered small cruiser. So no, we're not talking about a mega cruise ship. We're talking about a small private cruiser. And that's a trend that started in 2021 and is carrying over to 2022 to privatize your adventure. So we're not sharing the vessel with anyone else. Fiji is better than 90% vaccinated. You must be vaccinated in order to travel to Fiji. And we will be visiting some of their remote and beautiful islands. It is an island nation and it is just a spectacular experience. Greece. Greece is always a popular destination. We're changing it up this time and going to Athens and to Crete and going in September. And also coming up, which isn't scheduled yet, but is on the agenda, is Spain. Spain is one of the top destinations. And Valencia is one of the top destinations. One of the things about Valencia is that's where paella is from. Now, we know paella as many different presentations. For example, you can have a paella that is seafood focused, but the traditional Paella that comes from Valencia, not any other part of the country, is made with rabbit. So that is the traditional, and you have to try that. Glamping. Glamping is definitely not only a trend, but it is something that gives us several things that are trending for 2022. And that is a bit of isolation at a destination. It is camping with luxury. And it is also getting closer to nature. And then, of course, a Black history tour within the United States, putting off some of those museums, so many that have opened in either South Carolina or Nashville 
looking forward to those. So stay tuned for summer months and the Black History Tour and late spring for some glamping. So that's the Traveling Culturati 2022 lineup. And I also looked at some other outlets predictions for the best destinations for 2022. CNN is one. And as far as Caribbean islands go, they've picked Antigua and Barbuda. It's a twin island nation. They have miles and miles of pristine white and pink sand beaches. Antigua is also known as a beach for every day of the year. So it claims that it has the longest running Sunday party in the Caribbean, which takes place at a restored military lookout, Shirley Heights. Barbuda is the smaller of the two islands, and it's famous for one of Princess Diana's favorite vacation spots and also other celebrities that have Uh, Grace the Island, Robert De Niro, he co-owns a resort in the area. And Australian billionaire, James Packer. Another CNN pick is Cape Breton, Nova Scotia, connected to the Canadian mainland by a mile-long causeway. Nova Scotia's Cape Breton Island is famed for its scenic vistas and historic sites. It's spread over 10,311 square kilometers, and it means it's no tiny dot in the ocean. (laughs) Island highlights include Cabot Trail, a scenic two-lane byway that snakes through Cape Breton Highlands National Park, And there's also a bit of black history in Nova Scotia that you can certainly check out. And then one of the others on the CNN's list is Chile. Now, a lot of times we think about South America. We don't often think about Chile, but it is a wonderful destination. It's that long strip of a country between the Pacific Ocean and the Andes Mountains. And it's the world leader in ecotourism and outdoor adventure. So certainly ecotourism and adventure is two of the trending or travel trends for 2022. So that helps make Chile one of the top destinations for the year. In northern Chile, Atacama is the place to go. They have beautiful rock formations, landscapes, colorful sunsets. Then they have the flamingos at their lagoons there. And these are located within the Los Flamingos National Reserve. Colombo, I'm talking about Sri Lanka. It's Sri Lanka's biggest city, but it's not the capital. In 2022, there's a lot of attention to the city because of its underrated design destinations, including the late architect Joffrey Bawa's home. This year, they are bringing a lot of new hotels to the city, including properties like Grand Hyatt, Marriott, and Sheraton, and ITC. Now, I have six of my travelers who are going with me to Dubai and the Maldives who are then continuing their adventure to Sri Lanka. And I haven't been, so I'm living vicariously through them. And I've looked at some of the places that they're visiting, and the scenery is phenomenal. Beautiful scenery, mountainous, lots of culture. So yeah, think about Colombo. And then Dijon, France is on CNN's list. And a lot of times we don't think about Dijon as a hub for a foodie, but it definitely is. I mean, after all, there's a mustard. (laughs) 
<laughs> that's named after the city. They're saying that Dijon, more so than Lyon, is the French cuisine capital of France. We'll have to see. I've never been to Dijon, but one thing I do love about these places in France that are named after beverages or beverages are named after them or food items are named after them is that they have so much to offer and they do have fantastic food and dining experiences. And I just love the quaintness of them, these 18th century style places. And actually from the 16th to the 18th centuries. And just as Dijon is on the list, so is Bordeaux. And it's not on this particular list, but it is on a list. And I do absolutely love Bordeaux. So let's talk about some of the others. For example, Jordan. Certainly there's the ancient city of Petra, which is a must-see, but Jordan is an archaeological treasure and many things to see and to do, and culturally speaking, too. They have the Wadi Rum Desert that you have a Bedouin guide is the best way to enjoy the destination, especially the Wadi Rum Desert. And they have epic landscapes. A good friend of mine travels there often, and the stories she tells are just fabulous. Naples, Italy is coming back around. You know, it comes in and out of fashion. But not far from Naples is Sorrento, the Isle of Capri. Beautiful, beautiful area. My brother-in-law got married in well, we stayed in Naples, but then we went over to the Isle of Capri for the wedding and absolutely beautiful. Before I forget, because this is a destination that's always on our list, we've just really been waiting on the best time to return, and that is South Africa. You know, if you follow me, if you've listened to me, you know I love, love, love South Africa and have just been waiting to go back. Cape Town is beautiful. KwaZulu-Natal is beautiful. You know, one thing that's not talked about a lot, especially from American tourists, is the Drakensberg Mountains. I was blown away when I went to KwaZulu-Natal and learned more about the Drakensberg Mountains. But you have the garden route as well. And going back to Cape Town, we have the Winelands. And Johannesburg is the heart of the country. And it's the cultural capital I'm saying that, making it so, (laughs) is the cultural capital of the country as well. And there's so many new things that are always happening in Johannesburg. They have their own fashion week, wonderful new restaurants and areas like Mabonang. Of course, the jazz festivals that we go to in both Cape Town and in Johannesburg. In Johannesburg, the jazz festival is typically in September, Joy of Jazz. And then Cape Town, it's the Cape Town International Jazz Festival that's typically in March. No word on when these two events will return, but South Africa is always a wonderful destination. Now, Travel Noir published an article by Amara Amaria on the best destinations for 
black travelers in January of 2022. So we still have some weeks to go for January. We're often seeking the sun, especially if you're from destinations like Chicago (laughs) or Illinois, where the days are short and the wind is howling. Yes, we always look for warmer places. And so some of the destinations for that travel noir handpicked for black travelers in January are St. Lucia. I love St. Lucia. It's been many years since I've been, but I do love St. Lucia. There's wonderful Caribbean music. They have iconic mountains. Of course, there's St. Lucia. They have wonderful spas there. They have the Jump Up Festival that they have weekly and the food. Oh my goodness. But the weather in January is very nice. It's a very lush destination too, a lush island. So you have, of course, the beaches and the beautiful waters, but you also have a lot of scenery too. It's nice to just go out and explore. They have the only drive-in volcano in the world, and they have sulfur springs or the clear water secluded by the Ansi Cochon. You can snorkel and dive there as well. Also on their list is Panama, Panama City in January. Again, going someplace warm, but Panama City is a metropolis. And then, of course, they have the island from the city not too far away that you can go for the beaches. But there's a lot of culture. They have the Panama Jazz Festival and... Of course, you have the Panama Canal. (laughs) This is always a great spot to see. Portugal in Lisbon, if you're looking to go to Europe, it's not going to be as cold as it is in some of our destinations here in the United States. It's not going to be super warm either. We're not talking about beach weather, but Portugal is wonderful. It is a foodie hub as well, but Portuguese and Brazilian share a lot in common, Cape Verdean migrants as well. And then, of course, great wine and sherry and port from Portugal, too. Costa Rica is a nice destination, that Afro-Costa Rican culture that's on their list. The Seychelles. The Seychelles have some beautiful, beautiful beaches and waters, and they have a Creole culture. United Arab Emirates, Dubai. I tell you, Dubai's on everybody's list. I want to talk about some of the travel trends for 2022. Topping the list is to replenish and to reconnect. That's so important today, I think, because of everything that we're dealing with, really. I don't think we realize how much our social structure is changing and how much we are dealing with mental anguish over the pandemic and the highs and lows of it and the lack of interaction and socializing that we've done. Of course, we've gotten back out of the house. You know, we don't have the stay at home orders anymore, but still we're not out in the major numbers. You know, of course, some of us were over the Christmas holiday and look what our numbers are now. But with that being said, to replenish and to reconnect is very, very important. Self care. We want to rejuvenate and in doing so is applying some of that self-care and kind of shaking the two years that we've been dealing with and being stuck indoors for the most part, especially in those winter months, if we can find some of these nice getaways and just kind of to get in connection with yourself. I'm trying to meditate. You know, it's hard for me to do that, but I'm trying to meditate. But I can do that with being in a wonderful destination 
If I'm sitting amongst the forest, the trees, maybe in a nice jacuzzi with a glass of wine, I can sit in silence. But if I'm just sitting in a room and trying to sit in silence, I have a hard time doing that. But you want some rest, relaxation and restoration, which is very, very important. Another travel trend is the once in a lifetime trip. I think we're all just saying, you know what? You only live once. Remember we said before that coming out of the pandemic would be YOLO, the YOLO years, you only live once. But once in a lifetime trips are really on the uptick and a lot more people are really looking to have those in 2022. Ecotourism. And ecotourism actually has been climbing or gaining in popularity over the last five years, but we are finding that more and more. As I mentioned earlier, reconnection travel. So just kind of reconnecting with people, reconnecting with the planet, and reconnecting with yourself, the fundamentals of yourself. So yeah, reconnecting. No tech stress holidays. I know that's hard. Even just on the regular, I find it difficult to put down my cell phone or my mobile device or not be on the computer. But when I do, I feel so much better. I'm not as wired. So yes, looking at these places that you can go to, we used to call it off the grid, but now we're talking about eliminating tech stress. So putting that phone away in places that you can go to maybe even commune with nature. There's also a prediction that train travel is going to make a big comeback, but not just any train travel, glamorous train travel. And I certainly love that because I don't know if you've ever been on a luxury train. It is such an experience. It's hard for anybody else to top it. But there's been a 17% increase in demand for these five-star luxury train travel experiences. So in Italy, you have the Venice Simplon Orient Express. You have the Majesty of the Rockies with Rocky Mountaineer Gold Leaf Service. You have the Belmont that recently teamed up with the film actor Wes Anderson to redesign the Belmont's British Pullman. So yeah, a wonderful train experience. And a lot more people are looking to work with travel advisors and helping to navigate all of these protocols and changes and updates and rules and restrictions that we're dealing with right now. And having more meaningful trips, not that all of your trips aren't meaningful, but I think we're planning our trips with more intention the things that we really love to do. We want to have those lasting memories. And these aren't necessarily the once in a lifetime trips that are big ticket items, long haul destinations. I'm talking about just really enhancing your travel experiences and doing the things that you love and making them meaningful, things that you can really have some great takeaways from and doing the things that you love. So if you have some hobbies, if you have some specific interests, those are the things that people really want to travel to do and to see. So again, being more intentional with our travel, more meaningful trips. So there you have it. Some of the destinations, places to go in 2022, including Traveling Culturati's own list of travels coming up and some of those travel trends. And I tell you what's topping the list for those travel trends, meaningful travel, travel to rejuvenate, travel to reconnect and travel to 
eliminate that tech stress. And sometimes you don't know that you're feeling it until you eliminate it. So give it a try and see how you feel afterwards. Well, I hope you've enjoyed the list. And certainly if you have any others that you would like for me to share in the coming weeks or coming months, just go ahead and email me and I'll take a look into them and give it a mention. But don't go anywhere because when I come back, I'll have the culture report. This is Traveling Culturati. We explore cultures and destinations. We share travel news and travel tips to keep you well-informed and prepared for your next travel adventure. So go ahead and up your travel game with Traveling Culturati. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Welcome back to the Traveling Culturati. I'm Javon Harley, your host and travel pro. Remember, the website is travelingculturati.com. Make sure you check it out and follow us on social media. And most importantly, join that travel club because we go places and we want you to come with. Culture is forever changing and reflecting what's happening in the society and with its people. It can be born from the arts, music, food, and sometimes politics and strife. This is the Culture Report on The Traveler. That's right. We're going to talk about the culture of the traveler. There are so many ways that you can look at and break down the culture of the traveler. But first, let's talk about a couple of phrases that may surprise you. For example, a person who loves to travel is called a hodophile. Yes. So if you want to kind of shock somebody a little bit and they're saying how much they love to travel, tell them, did you know that you're a hodophile? They may get offended at first. Then <laughs> you may have to break it down for them and let them know the definition if they don't already know it. But yeah, that's certainly a conversation starter. And then there is the person who actually travels, going from place to place. I don't mean just movement, but somebody who travels from one place to another. And that is a peripatetic. Yeah, it's a noun. A peripatetic is a person who travels, who actually travels from one place to another. So if you know somebody who travels a lot, then you can call them a peripatetic. In addition to looking at some of the words or ways in which you can describe someone who travels like a wanderluster, one who lusts or longs to travel, I want to talk about the types of travelers, and then also the personality of travelers so that you can identify your travel personality and the characteristics of a traveler. So let's first talk about the types of traveler. Now, these are just some of them because each category can be broken down into subcategories. So let's start with the business traveler. That one's pretty straightforward, right? Business traveler, people who travel for business or for the purpose of of business. So sometimes your job will have you traveling to various destinations. And some business travelers travel all the time. That is part of the requirement of their job. Some business travelers travel for specific events, like if you're going to a conference or if you're going to a meeting. So you can be a business traveler if you're just traveling for business, or you can be a business traveler if you're traveling for your job. You then have the student traveler, and a lot of these are very self-explanatory, but student travelers are typically a group of travelers that travel for educational purposes 
or one who vacation between classes during school break. So again, there's the student travel or trips that they take specifically for educational purposes. But you have spring break, you have summer vacation, and if you fall in the student category, you are a student traveler. In some cases, you'll find, especially if you're traveling internationally, you would need to get or you can get a student visa, which means that you're going to be there for an extended period of time, but you're not there on work and you're not there on pleasure. You are a student traveler much like if you're an exchange student or something like that. And then, of course, the group traveler. Now, it's typically defined as 10 or more people traveling together as a group. So again, when we talk about those subcategories, you have different types of groups. You have the tourist group, you have friends and family, but the main definition is at least 10 individuals traveling together. That makes up a group. Medical travelers. It's also now called medical tourism, but medical travelers travel for medical purposes, for procedures. And it's really, really become a big and huge industry. It's not really governed by one particular body. And it's a lot of individuals, but there are some channels, references, resources, and assistance that you can get for medical tourism or to be a medical traveler. You can also be a doctor. So like Doctors Without Borders who travel to various countries helping out in different medical fields or medical tourism could also be scientists that are traveling as well to study different things. And then you have family, senior, or single vacationers. And a lot of times they're just classified as leisure travelers. So you have the leisure traveler, which consists of family, seniors, and single or solo travelers. So they not necessarily as a part of a group, not necessarily as a family. So if you're traveling not with a group, less than 10 people, even if you're five people traveling together, or if you're a single traveler, and that's the biggest group of travelers, that's the leisure traveler. And certainly since the pandemic, the leisure traveler has been the largest group of travelers, certainly not together, but the largest group of travelers. Let's talk about those travel personalities. Yes. And you can identify yourself in some of these different categories or personalities, the reason why they travel, how they like to travel and so forth. So for example, This is a category that I feel I fall into. That's the culturalist. The primary goal for travel for the culturalist is to have immersive experiences or those immersive cultural experiences at the destination. So yeah, the culturalist is looking for that cultural experience, traditions and languages and festivals. Foodie is part of that culture too. So any cultural aspect, it could be architecture, it could be art, it could be music, cooking classes, any of those things. So the culturalist is someone who's looking for that immersive cultural experience. That's what traveling culturati is all about. (laughs) There's also the city dweller. And I certainly think I'm that person. I love to travel to cities, the big cities. You're talking about New York or Chicago, Singapore, Dubai, metropolitan 
areas, the metropolis. That's the person who really loves to travel within cities. One of my favorites is New York. I just love what it has to offer. Definitely not a place I want to live, but always a place I want to visit. Then you have the soul searcher or soul seeker. This is somebody who travels to discover And it's kind of a journey of self-discovery. So self-care, spas, retreats. Most people who are soul searchers or soul seekers are solo travelers, or they're looking to get off the grid or where they're going to eliminate tech, maybe no television, no radio, kind of closing off the outside world. So again, they do travel to discover, but to discover themselves. And they look for that inner peace and that self-discovery. And what we talked about as being a trend for 2022 is to reconnect, to rejuvenate, to recharge that self-care. We then have the adventure traveler. This is somebody who may be like skiing, for example, or they're going to do white water rafting or go scuba diving or skydiving. They want that thrill, maybe go hiking. And then you have the traditional traveler. We also call them the tourist the traditional, the typical, the tourist. Those are the different descriptions that you're going to find for this particular category. And they like the scheduled programs, the scheduled tours. They, you know, want to see the major sites, like packages, things that are kind of mapped out. So yeah, the typical traveler and the traditional traveler, that's going to be the largest group of travelers because it covers a broad area and broad range. They want tour guides. Now let's talk about the characteristics of a traveler. And I find this to be quite true when I meet people who travel a lot and a lot of industry folks that I meet too, but also just your regular traveler who loves to travel a lot. Certainly people who love to travel are adventurous. They're willing to get out of their comfort zone a bit. Even if they're the type of traveler that doesn't do the adventurous things, traveling in itself is an adventure. Quite empathetic. I think when we meet so many different people and cultures and going to different countries and you see how different people live, whether they live better or when I say better, I mean economically, or maybe they have less economically than you do, we become more empathetic and we have a stronger sense of empathy. Willing to learn, curiosity. When you think about that wanderlust, I think travelers are curious someone who is really looking for change of scenery. Like I'm not someone who moves a lot. You know, I know some people who have lived in so many different places. I'm not that person, but I do like to travel a lot and change up my scenery. And I notice if I'm not traveling for a period, then kind of bothers me. I feel like I'm kind of stuck in the place. Another characteristic is that there's a higher self-awareness and in some cases, a higher self-esteem and just kind of knowing yourself a little bit better, more observant. And you kind of have to be as a traveler because you're going to foreign places, going to be a little bit more alert and aware of your surroundings. So more observant, more grateful. I find that travelers are more grateful because I think overall, 
I know I can speak for myself, grateful for the opportunity to be able to travel. And then again, when you come, uh, when you, you meet new people, you often have this gratitude of what your life has afforded you. Independent. You'll find that a lot of travelers possess that characteristic, are very independent. And again, it doesn't matter whether you travel with a group as a solo traveler, there's still a level of independence that you'll have and more appreciative. I think that comes along with being grateful as well just appreciative that you're able to travel, appreciative for life. And I think that people who travel do have that zeal for life when they're traveling. So there you have it. We have the different types of traveler. We have the travel personalities and we have the characteristics of people who travel. I hope that you've seen yourself in one or many of these categories. Ciao for now. Well, that's it for the show today. Wherever you go, go with all your heart. Confucius. Ladies and gentlemen. This is Traveling Culturati. We explore cultures and destinations. We share travel news and travel tips to keep you well informed and prepared for your next travel adventure. So go ahead and up your travel game with Traveling Culturati. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Ladies and gentlemen.